Good afternoon, everybody. My name is Nick Lundberg, and this is the Roundtable, your midweek sports update on all things Michigan State. This is our first episode of the year, and I'm excited to get the show off with you guys. So first, we're going to start with women's soccer. Over the weekend, they lost to number 11 Arkansas on the road after starting the season 4-0-1. After they lost a close game, one to nothing over the weekend to Arkansas, Lauren Kozel had a great game. She's been fantastic all season. And they will look to get back in the winning column this week on Thursday night at 7 at home against Oakland. On the men's side of things, they have lost three straight there since Army, playing Army their first game of the season. with tough, But they played tough opponents against number four ranked in the country, Notre Dame, and number 14th ranked Akron. Next game will be this Friday at Bowling Green. And then on to volleyball. They are 6-0 and this season for the first time since 2012. And it's Leah Johnson's first season at the helm. And their last win was 3-2 to two over VCU on Saturday. This weekend, they'll take an ACC road trip to North Carolina and Duke. And now I'm joined by MSU State News football beat reporters, Alex Favor and Jenna Malinowski. How are you guys doing today? Pretty solid. Uh, it was a pretty exciting first week. Pretty competitive for, uh, for a MAC opponent, I guess, but it, it was a good. That's good to hear. So we're going to get into some headlines from the game. And first off, you can't help but overlook Darius Snow's injury. Big, supposed to be a big key after moving from safety to linebacker this year, out for the season. But the linebacker position is deep. Who do you guys, or Alex, who do you see taking over for his spot? Yeah, I mean, you already mentioned it. It's it's definitely a loss that's going to be felt. Mel Tucker was talking about it at his press conference Monday. Um, he, he, you know, he's a gym rat. He's the kind of guy who you point towards and say, work like this guy. He's a workhorse. Um, so it's a big loss, but in terms of positions on defense that can afford to lose a starter, I'd say linebackers up there. Um, behind him, we have sophomore Cal Halliday, an All-American freshman. Um, dude's just a savage, famously plays without the gloves. Um, I'm not too worried about that. Um, and Van Sumeren is also a name that kind of surprisingly uh, had a really good game Friday night. Um, after Darius Snow went out, you had him come in. I think he had 11 tackles uh, finished, which was tied for the team high. Um, really improved from last year's campaign. You have Aaron Brule, transfer from, I think, Mississippi State. Guy I'm really excited about. He might not play as regularly as a guy like Cal Halliday, but they're bringing him in as uh, like a defensive rush specialist. He got a sack as well against Western. So I think they've got a lot of depth at the position. I I'm pretty excited. Uh, Jacoby Whitman, you know, he, he famously transfer, uh, started doing defensive end this past week, but he's another guy who can step in that linebacker role. So it, like I said, if there's a position that MSU can afford to lose defensively, it, it, it's a linebacker. Yeah, I was just going to talk about Ben Van Sumer and his impact. He seemed to just be flying all over the field. And I know that Mel was, you know, they were ringing his praise after the game. Just he seemed like he was everywhere. And after really not seeing much of him on, you know, besides special teams last year, seeing him out there playing on the field and making those plays was, you know, imp impressive to see. So now another injury we knew that isn't as serious as Xavier Henderson, but Someone could argue it's more impactful because he is a captain. He was a longtime captain last year. He's everyone knows he's the leader of the defense and a secondary that was is supposed to make a big jump this year compared to last year. And having him out, who knows how long as you know Mel likes to say he's sore, which could mean anything right at this point. But um, having him out seems to be, you know, not ideal at this point in the season. But uh, maybe some guys like I saw Kendall Brooks jumped on the field freshman Jaden Mangum was out there who do you guys or who do you see Alex moving forward 
So the the guy that's immediately going to step up is going to be Angelo Gross Jr. He's not the most exciting option, but he finished with 11 tackles. He's reliable back there. He's probably going to be your go-to option, but you mentioned that they've got a lot of young people at the position, whereas linebacker, they've got some older guys, they've got depth. Um, they're going to be playing some young guys. Jade Mangum is a guy you mentioned that really excites me. Um, Hamp Fay started as a quarterback in MSU. Now he's listed as a safety. He's a guy who could see some reps. So the safety position is definitely pretty thin. And Xavier Henderson, I think it's probably going to be felt a little bit more than uh, Darius Snow, at least immediately. But uh, in the meantime, I, I guess it's going to be exciting to get guys, you know, like Jaden out there and get some playing time. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see against an opponent like Act. And we're it's yeah it will be interesting to see how they do against you know a weaker team like Akron and then you head to Washington on the road they just Indiana transfer Michael Penix we saw what he could do in a from a couple of years prior being in the Big Ten you know he can light it up so and with our pass defense especially now with Henderson out it's going to be interesting it's going to be an interesting battle at, at first people thought kind of writing off the game you know coming into the season like where Washington's not ranked, it's not going to be a big deal. But I really think this game could be – it could be a trap game for MSU, especially now that Henderson's out and we know that Penix can whip the ball around. So I'm excited to see how that game turns out in a couple of weeks. It's pretty similar to that uh, Miami game last year where I think it's – we're going to learn a lot about the team, I think, quickly. Uh, tough road environment. I know it's the Pac-12 and we make jokes, but MSU doesn't have a good track record going out west. So it's, it's going to be a good test to see, man, is, is this team as legit as last year's? And moving on to someone you mentioned, Alex, but we'll talk about this with Jenna. Uh, Jacoby Winman, he transferred from UNLV, recently switched from linebacker to defensive end. Absolutely just played, played his heart out against Western. Had seven tackles, a sack, and a forced fumble, and won countless awards. Um, Jenna, what did you see from his performance? Yeah, Mel Tucker definitely knows how to work the transfer portal. Obviously, defense was point of emphasis over the offseason. Uh, after last year, it seemed to be kind of their weaker point. But they were not shocked at all to see that from Jacoby Winman. He, um, he got everyone's attention with those four sacks against Western. And, I mean, after the game, I mean, he, Mel just really emphasized how much of a team player he really is and how little time he had to switch from linebacker to defensive line to go and get those sacks. And they knew that he'd be a good matchup against Western's freshman quarterback. And he, he was okay with doing it just because it was what was best for the team. And um, they obviously, you know, found a strong player that can play that D line and, you know, might have to drop back to linebacker with the injury to snow. So, um, I mean, Mel knows what he's, he got from him. Jacoby proved himself week one and he's going to be a force going forward and which is what the defense is going to need if they're going to step up after all these losses. Yeah, definitely versatility is a key part of that because losing snow, you need all the depth you can have. And he showed he can play linebacker pretty well at UNLV, but I'm excited to see what he can do at defensive end. And it was a historic day for him as he was, he tied for the second highest single game uh, sack total in program history, one behind Travis Davis, who against Ohio State in 1987. And he was also named the Walter Camp Football Foundation National Defense Player of the Week. And he's the seventh Spartan to do that since 2004. And first since when we all know K-9 went crazy against Michigan last year with the five touchdowns. Um, and K-9 actually ended up being the Walter Camp Offensive Player of the Year that year. So ho maybe, hopefully, Winman can keep this up and, you know, look, keep going forward with this these totals into the season. But another thing I'd like to get into is the impact BT Jordan has had. 
on the new hire. Um, we all know he's a pass rush guru coming in and he's worked with actually I saw on Twitter he's been working in I think it was Louisiana with Brule and Winman since they were in ninth grade so it's really surreal to watch or at least for them it must be to come from all the way back then freshman in high school to now they're basically seniors in college and just you know now they're these guys are put on NFL draft boards right now that must be the effect of BT Jordan I, I just I can't speak enough about that hire. Yeah, Mal was getting into it the other day saying that Winman might be their best pass, rush, pass rusher they have on the team this year. Um, and he said that, I mean, that's what they're going to need to have going into the next couple of games and the rest of the season, honestly, because, um, I mean, he put it best. He said the, the key to defense, and I'm not sure if this is a direct quote, but he basically said the key to defense, the defense is going to be stopping the quarterback or stopping the run game and making the quarterback throw. And Winman has obviously proved that he can do that. And um, going forward, if they can, you know, keep that going and up the other team's run game and make them pass what they did with um, Western, they're going to have to just basically stop that. And Winman and the other guys are, are obviously have stepped up as well. And they're going to have to just continue that and put a stop to it. On the other side of the ball, I kind of want to get into Peyton Thorne's day. There was, you know, he, the stats were pretty impressive just, to, I believe 233 yards, um, four touchdowns, um, an interception that wasn't, you know, that he probably should have ran it and he could have had a first down if he just ran it, but decided to throw over, you know, cross his body and just wasn't the best throw and it was picked off. And some other missed opportunities down the field, just some overthrown balls. It wasn't the pay. I mean, it was just the first game of the season. So we, we will, I'll give him some leeway, but it really wasn't the Peyton Thorne there was a lot of points left on the board, I can just say. Um, so what are you seeing? What did you hear about his performance? Yeah, I mean, with, you know, Kenneth Walker, obviously going to the NFL, they were looking to Peyton Thorne to be the leader of the offense this season. And Mel still has that confidence in him. He still is happy that Peyton is the leader of the team. But Thorne, I mean, he said it himself, was disappointed in his overall performance against Western. He thought he could have done better. And, uh, I mean, he did take that hit pretty hard in the ribs he said but I don't think that had a huge impact on his play he was able to bounce back and he was kind of overthrowing before that so um, I think he's health-wise 100% but he um, yeah he definitely had some overthrows he had some you know first game jitters but I mean you don't really want to see that from your veteran quarterback but I, I think that he'll this Akron game will kind of give us more of a a view into what we're going to see from Thorne this season, especially as um, a leader. And Mel even said earlier that he just, he always leads by example, but off the field, he's been a lot more vocal. And I think that's really what the team is going to need is that leader that's going to, you know, get them on the field and have that motivation and the momentum ready to carry them forward. Yeah, he did take a pretty big hit. I was surprised when Speed had that tackle and they called, I think it was, it wasn't targeting. It was like a late hit. Um, and then I was like, okay, that's, you know, iffy, that's 50, 50. And then Thorne just got lit up on that one, but good to see that he's okay. But, and people forget, he's still only a junior. He still has one year left of eligibility. So, I mean, who knows after this year, if he has, if he, you know, continues to put up these kind of stats, but you know, gets better as the season progresses, who knows he could leave for the NFL, but moving into other pieces of the offense, Alex, a lot of firsts happened the weekend we had 
Jalen Berger's first touchdown, Daniel Barker's first touch, first touchdown, both transfers, both Big Ten transfers. Jeremy Bernard, the freshman, got on the board first out of everybody, which was a surprise to me. And then Keon Coleman's first touchdown in Spartan Stadium. Take me through, like, what are your thoughts on these guys' performances? So it, it's really interesting to see a Michigan State team with this many playmakers. Um, I, I was a fan of Michigan State during the D'Antonio era, and and – even at the best, um, you didn't really see that many. I mean, you guys have, had guys like Aaron Burbridge and LJ Scott, but there were more vocal points to the offense. This is an offense that can afford to spread around the ball to a lot of different. The receiving core can be really lethal. I mean, Trey Mosley, I mean, he had the touchdown at the end, but he had a relatively quiet night up until that fourth quarter. Jaden Reed, I think, only had 31 yards. Um, he wasn't especially effective. But w- with two of your best receivers out, you have, you have guys like Jeremy Bernard who, who step up. And you have guys like Keon Coleman, who looks legit. I mean, there was a he could have had more if uh, if Payne Thorne was on target in that first half. I think he could have had a few more yards, too. So this receiving core is, is down ready lead, I think. And again, it, it just comes down to playmakers all over the field. Um, it looks like MSU might finally have a tight end again for the first time in a while in Daniel Barker. Um, that's really exciting. I, I think Josiah Price was the last tight end I can remember that that actually had an impact. So those guys really excite me. Um, on the ground, um, Jalen Berger looked good. Lost a fumble, I think, but, you know, he had that really good run near the end to kind of, you know, seal things up. Just not the same as, as Kenneth Walker, and I really want to I, I want to see more of what, what this offense can do um, w- without the running back, I guess. I, I don't know. I, I think Jalen Berger is going to be an important part of this offense, but the receivers have a chance to make it, it special, I guess, is what I'm going to say. Yeah, I want to talk about that fumble, too, because, like, it seemed they showed on the big screen that his knee looked down, and then another part of that was he was hanging – he was – laying on a lineman for at least like three seconds and they I feel like the the refs should have called it down and so I feel like that fumble was more not really it shouldn't really have been a fumble so I won't blame it on Berger but he did look solid obviously he's like no one can not a lot of people can replace K9 but he did have uh he broke open some some big runs he showed pretty decent vision with basically I feel like the same the O-line's the same as last year the performance they showed this game seemingly it seems to be like this year is going to be like kind of a repeat of last year, but he had some big runs. He got his first touchdown. He's his vision looked good. His, his cuts look pretty solid and he's got some room to grow too. So I was pretty pleased with his performance. One thing I, I want to see them kind of mix in Jay Johnson, the offense too, is I want to see him. I feel like he's a guy you can open up as like a receiver. I feel like you, like you can get him in the flats. I, I think they need to mix that in a bit more. Cause like you said, he has good vision and good, good carrying ex- except for that uh, fumble and and like you said that fumble was a little sketchy but uh I want to see Jay Johnson kind of mix in the pass here and see what Jalen Berger can do there add another layer to it yeah and I mean the guy another transfer is Jared Broussard who we've heard that can be that kind of passing back rather than Berger's kind of just more run through your run through the gut and Ber- Broussard's like more get him on the outside he can make plays um receiving the ball as well but another interesting thing I saw was they're using Barker out of the like they were giving him carries early in the first half. And I was very, I know he's a very multifaceted tight end and pairing him with Malik Carr. Once Malik gets going this year could be pretty dangerous, especially in the red zone. We saw Barker had that touchdown, but I was very interested to see that Jay was using him out of, you know, the in the backfield and having him carry. And I didn't, I didn't know he was that explosive. So that was another interesting layer of Jay Johnson that will hopefully can continue to develop down the season. 
Yeah, um, that kind of surprised me giving giving a guy like it, it didn't work out very well. I think he had two carries and no yards, but uh, it, it just shows me that Jay Johnson trusts him as an athlete. He must he must see something in practice. So keep an eye on Daniel Barker the rest of the season. I agree that he could be really explosive. But enough about last week. Let's it's midweek, so we can now we can I think we can move on to this weekend, which is Akron the Zips. Um, we moved up to the AP poll to number fourteen. Uh, this season or this you know this week and number 11 of the coaches poll and the polls favor us heavily um we are near five touchdown favorites um Akron recently struggled against St. Francis um any I know you you're writing a preview currently about it but any you know little previews of the preview we can we can hear right now yeah so I think this game is gonna be a test for MSU but more of a kind of like a tryout for the games that will come after. I mean, Mel Tucker doesn't like to look past any opponent and he said they have like a one game goal in mind, obviously. I mean, especially with the injuries to Snow and Henderson, they're gonna have to, you know, see who's gonna fill those gaps. And I think this is the game to figure that out. Um, when it comes to the the Zips, they're, they were two and 10 last season. They uh, are obviously um, not as good as a, a MAC team that we played in Western. And I mean, Western did keep it close with us So at some point. So they are obviously, you know, we're the better team in the MAC. So I think, you know, State's not going to have any problems pulling off the win here. But I think it's more going to be when it comes to Washington next week, like you said, that's going to be possibly a trap game when we figure out like what the team is really made of. But I think this week is like going to be the week where, you know, they we see more of more of a rotation between Berger and Broussard at the running back position, more switches in and out on in the secondary just to see, you know, what who's going to fill those gaps and move on uh, into week three. Yeah, Michigan State is heavily favored here, and I don't see that changing coming in this week. Yeah, you never want to overlook a game as a football team, but this one seems to be, you know, just the script is written as a W. So I am as a fan and as a journalist, I mean, you want to be more, you know, looking forward to Washington because that's obviously going to be a test, but you never want to overlook a game, but I'm just, I'm, ex I'm interested to see what, you know, different kind of wrinkles people they're going to bring out, especially because you can get creative in games like these when you know, like you're going to probably going to go up, early pretty and like really early so getting you know some freshmen in there um trying out some different schemes some different looks getting some guys in different positions will be probably pretty helpful going forward but like i said teams can never afford to overlook uh, any opponents but thank you guys alex and jenna for joining me today and for everyone for listening see you next wednesday for another edition of sports roundtable i'm nick lundberg have a good one